This episode was recorded on March 16th, 2021. Join myself, Sujin, Adina, and Aaron as we dive into astrology. Aaron shares what led him to become an astrologer. You can find his daily forecasts on YouTube under Honest Aim Astrology. This chat, we barely scratched the surface, discussing the interplay between our birth charts and our purpose. Aaron's wealth of knowledge on the subject has us all fascinated by the magic of the stars. Join us as we come back to love. Welcome back, guys. Um, this is Marina, and I am sitting again with Sujin, Adina, and Aaron, my healer tribe, the Detroit crew. And as always, I would like to start with a couple breaths just to ground our energy and um, bring presence into, into our existence. So if you're somewhere where you can close your eyes, join us and take an inhale through your nose. Exhale, release. Another inhale through your nose. Exhale, release. And then one last deep inhale. And exhale, let it all go. So We've been chatting a little bit before we pushed record on this one about astrology and our birth charts and how they impact our lives. And Aaron actually is, um, I call him an astrologer. I don't know if he calls himself an astrologer. He calls himself an astrologer. Yes. So um, we have a wealth of knowledge that we would love to have you share with us and um, talk about. So if you wanted to just open up with. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Astrology is really fantastic. And it's our cosmic fingerprint. Uh, it's uh, part of our cosmic DNA. And, um, and it's okay. Even for those who don't uh, believe in astrology, uh, stick around. You know, this, this is a pretty interesting uh, deep dive. Uh, we're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was once in that same boat where I didn't, I did not believe in astrology, and oh well, the planets millions of miles away are saying this, and then in the back of a Metro Times horoscope told me I'm going to zag <laughs> into the zig today or whatever, and I was just like, whatever, you know, I'm in control of my own destiny. I, I, you know, I, I do myself, and and uh, and I found really no, no truth in it uh, until many years later, where it kind of became very apparent. Um, and a simple way to look, look at it is like, you know, the, the most visible aspect is the, is the moon, you know, the moon comes up, the tide comes up, the moon goes down, the tide goes down. Uh, and, and it also controls the wind, you know, so this is a planet is Greek. It means wanderer. So it's the things that wander in the sky. So the sun and the moon are considered planets in astrology. Um, so that's a, the most visible aspects of of astrology here affecting human life and it's just a reflection as above so below has never made more sense to me um, than after learning astrology and seeing where we're at in times you know it's like astrologers called out 
we all knew something was going to happen last January uh, with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happening in Aquarius, or and in Capricorn, excuse me. And, uh, and, and then sure enough, we have this, you know, world pandemic happening. Uh, you know, we didn't exactly know, pinpoint exactly, oh, it's going to be this virus. And that's not necessarily what I think astrology is for. Um, but we know like, hey, something's going to happen. Or even in 20, what was it, 2017, uh, Jupiter entered Scorpio. And we all knew something was going to be coming deep from underneath the surface uh, in 2017, moving into 2018. That deals with uh, sex, money, power, something like this. And Jupiter is a planet of abundance. Scorpio deals with that, that sex, money, power, things beneath the surface. And sure enough, the, you know, Harvey Hands Weinstein came out in the Me Too movement. And it was just like a very necessary thing as Jupiter is that magnifying glass uh, in astrology. And just misses kind of more and, and it shows us things that we don't necessarily always look at or things that have been swept under the rug. Uh, so astrologers kind of call some of these things out uh, and we don't exactly know, you know, it's, this is going to be that, uh, but we know that the, the vicinity, it's, a, it's the oldest science in the world. And uh, another way to like kind of view it is although these planets are, you know, millions of miles apart, um, their gravity, their their magnetic effect on one another, uh, it plays on us. Even even Sirius, when when Sirius A, Sirius B, and our planet lined up, um, I don't remember the year off the top of my head, but we lost four seconds out of our day, four seconds out of a single day because of the gravitational pull between planets that are literally million miles away in a different solar system. You know, and, and you can look this up online to like fact check it. It's just like, whoa, you know, it, it kind of goes deep. And um, when we have, there's harmonious aspects and there are disharmonious aspects or, or aspects that need our attention, like the squares, the oppositions or in, in conjunction or quincunx. Um, you know, those are least or less harmonious aspects. And I look at that as like when you're, when you're driving in your car and your windows are rolled down and if, if one of them is, you know, rolled down just a little, not quite right. And you get the, you know, this is saying, okay, I need to bring my attention to this and, and, and change something here. And that's kind of like a simple way to look at it. Or if, if the band is playing you know, music and the guitar player starts walking away from the microphone, you know, there's going to be a weird reverberation. There's, there's a, there's an odd, disharmonious uh, musical energy in these, you know, these giant spinning spheres are just balls of vibration, you know, the universe is sound. And um, so that's kind of a fun way to just look at that part anyway. So I guess as far as our birth charts, like where the planets and everything was in our, um, at the time we were born, came into this world, like what is the significance of that like how does that affect us yeah that's 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 your you know your cosmic photo your cosmic dna fingerprint if you will that it's like this exact moment when you were born um this is where all the planets were at that exact time um and and there it holds a lot of truth as far as personality goes and it's like as it as on a soul level you know, I feel like this can be interpreted, but on a soul level, when we choose to incarnate here on this planet, you know, we, we choose our parents, we choose our destination, we choose our place, we choose our planets. You know, we choose when to come out. And when you look at uh, so many birth charts, you can tell when a baby says right now, 
um, because there are certain t things where it's just like, well, if the moon was literally, if you were born two minutes later or two minutes earlier and your moon was here or here, how that would affect you, you know, it's like you knew that you came out at this point in time to, to create these certain alignments for yourself. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like doctors can even say like they'll, they'll, you know, like, okay, the baby will come out on the 3rd of, you know, March 2022 or whatever it may be. And then it's just like, ah, came out earlier, it came out late. And, and it's like, to me, that's, you know, it's like you're, you're choosing your cosmic fingerprint for that, for this lifetime so that you're incarnating with the right tools in your tool belt. Okay. So I know we kind of already talked a little bit about this, but um, as far as what people think is the most significant, you know, people kind of hang on to the sun, the moon, the rising, mm -hmm. where you had said that it's really the whole chart as a whole. Mm -hmm. So is that, I guess, do people do that as a way of just simplifying it? Because, you yeah. know, like when we when we read our horoscope in the Metro Times, like I'm just reading the Cancer horoscope, but that's not always exactly like on point because there's other things playing into Well, the funny thing about that is horoscopes are meant to be read by your rising, not your sun sign. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, that. that's a, it's a very common misconception that people aren't really aware of. It's it's always it's mm -hmm. it has to do with your rising sign because that's how the houses fall, not not where your sun is at. So break before we go any farther, can we break down the houses and kind of like the planets and how they like what their roles, how that plays yeah. out? Yeah, simply. Yeah, <laughs> if you can do it. And I'll come. I'll come back to your first uh, question okay. first. As as like yeah. your so your rising is like your personality. This is how you interact with other people. This is how you interact with the world. Mm -hmm. Your sun is a, a form of ego expression. Okay. And your moon is your emotional needs. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is common when people ask those things. You know, so it's like okay. So what what am I seeing of who you are? Mm -hmm. and your your rising sign. What am I seeing? What is your you know your deeper aspect of your your own sunlight shining through you this is your sun your ego expression and then what is the stuff that we don't see you know we don't you know we see scarface you know this ah, gun blaring whatever coke thing but mm -hmm. it's like what we don't see is when he's ill yeah. when he needs you know when he's sick and he has the wife bringing him soup like we don't see that we see the sun and we see the rising sign but we don't see the emotional moon or the emotional needs mm -hmm. so it's kind of a cool way to look at at the moon okay. you know we don't you know is he wearing PJs to bed with little stripes on him or paisleys? <laughs> you know, like we, we don't see that. We don't always express that emotional side of ourselves. So Yeah, like it's more like a hidden subconscious type of... Yeah, thing. hidden emotions and emotions because uh, cancer okay. rules the moon. Mm -hmm. And often when we see any planet in the sign of cancer, we know that that energy is pulled back and hidden. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and again, this is old science. So it's like when you see a crab on the beach, it's going to hide, you know, it's running yeah. and it's going to hide and where the crab lives mm -hmm. is inside of like a little can underneath the ocean and it has its own little shell yeah. and it, you know, it's just like, and it makes sure it's hidden protected. Mm -hmm. We know we don't always wear our emotions on our sleeves and we do that for a reason because it, you know, we become vulnerable, Right. you know? Okay. Um, so yeah, so your rising is, is the horoscope you want to look into. Your sun is your ego. Mm -hmm. Your moon is your emotional needs. Mm -hmm. And then we have, uh, our, our main three planets, uh, which is Mercury, <laughs> Venus, and Mars. So here, here's something fun. There's, okay. I'm gonna, sorry, sidetracking. All the days of the week are named after the planets. Okay. So Sunday is the day Sunday. of the sun. Monday is the moon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, w- one day I got, I was like really curious. I was like, what is wedding? I was like, wedding for Wednesday. I was like, it's a really strange word. I'm like, what is wedding? So I looked it up and wedding is old Germanic for Odin. Okay. Um, so, so Tuesday is Tyr, T-Y-R, T-Y-R-E, uh, which is Mars, god of war. So Tuesdays are Mars days. Okay. Wednesdays are Odin's days, which is Mercury. Um, Thursday is Thor's days. Friday is Freya, Odin's wife, Venus. So Friday's the day of the lovers. Is the, and then Saturn day is Saturn, Saturday. Okay. Um, Wait, what was um, Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday's Jupiter. Thursday, Jupiter. Jupiter. Wednesday, Mercury, okay. Odin. Okay. Um, so they're, so even though the names of the week are Anglo-Saxon Christian, mm-hmm. they're really old pagan. Mm. They're, they're, they're derived from pagan uh, gods. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Mercury is about our insight. It's our communication. Uh, Mercury, the mercantile, the trader of goods and services. This is how we communicate with one another. This is our, how we trade things. Mm-hmm. This is insight that comes in as well. Um, you know, the non-physical to the physical, which is why we have, you know, Mercury's kind of shown by two. Androgynous, two different things. Is It's like information is here in the ether and then information is shared here in the physical as well okay uh venus it deals with everything you love want and desire money material possessions as well as people and then mars is our planet of action and how we get it you know so when we make up our minds and our hearts about something you know this is how we we drive and get it is mars now i'm going to take action reach out and grab i'm thirsty Mm -hmm. you know i'm going to grab that glass of water and Mars can also deal with anger, which is why it's the god of war. It has two really, really strange-looking moons. They're 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 very odd-looking moons. And uh, Demos and Phobos, uh, meaning fear, and um, what does Demos mean? It's uh, uh, I don't know. I forget that. So it doesn't matter. But either way, it's like negative. You know, they're like so. So Mars can often lead to like aggression and anger. So the other day we had this moon sextile to Mars. Uh, moon was in Aries, Mars is in Gemini. Uh, and it was just like this aggressive kind of nature was, was going on. And everyone had was a... Was that yesterday? It was two days ago, but the moon was still in, in, okay. in Aries yesterday. I saw you yesterday. And the first thing I said was like, I told two people to fuck off already. So I'm, I'm pretty charged. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It was like one in the afternoon. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So when we pay attention to that, exactly, when we pay attention, it's like we know, mm-hmm. like, okay, this mm-hmm. is going to happen. And then we can, we can bring ourselves into like an awareness. Okay, there's going to be people that are in a hurry saying me first attitude. So mm-hmm. we can say, that's okay. You know, you, you can do you first and I don't have to take that same approach. You know, sometimes we're in a hurry, sometimes we're not, you know, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Uh, Coming back now, Jupiter. Jupiter is our planet of abundance and joy, mm-hmm. philosophy, and, and like I said earlier, it's that magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. So it's more, 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 more. This big fat happy king. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have Saturn, which is like the malefic planet. Saturn, um, which is restriction. It's pressure, mm-hmm. discipline. It's karma. Like what you put in is what you get out. Um, well, question about that is like, yeah. how does that? How does the Saturn return play into that? Ooh. Yeah. Is that a too detailed or should we finish and then we'll go back? Yeah, let's finish this okay. and we'll come back. Because Saturn returns very powerful and if you're born yeah. in like 91, 92, you're probably hitting your Saturn return, mm-hmm. you know, this year. Did you just um, finish yours? 
Yeah, it's really intense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so Saturn is like the malefic planet. It's the karma. When you do have your Saturn return, this is like, hey, did you do the work I was teaching you? It's like the teacher that was really hard on you all year long, but then when you passed with a D minus, they give you that wink. Like, I knew you had it in you. you know? Wait, with the D minus. I knew you had it. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, you passed. You passed. Yeah. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. You didn't fail. You didn't okay. fail. Whether mm. you get an A plus or a D minus, you didn't fail. You put in the work and you tried. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's that's kind of, I mean, hopefully we're shooting for higher than the D minus, but <laughs> yeah. if we judge the fish by its ability to climb the tree, you know, we'll think it's stupid its whole sure, life. So anyway, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, um, everything, all of these planets, it's really interesting in astrology. They're all, every planet I've named so far was the sun, moon. Uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, they're all fall under Saturn's restriction. So Jupiter okay. can expand only to what Saturn says is the limit. Saturn mm -hmm. is the limit of something, right? So there's uh, big, bigger, biggest. There's, mm -hmm. there's more and then most. This is the most you can fit in here, the maximum capacity of something. This is the maximum limit of weight you can put on the table. This is the maximum amount of air you can put in a balloon before it pops. Okay. Okay. So, so Saturn is about limitations and knowing your limits as well. And then we have three planets on the outside of Saturn's kind of jurisdiction, which is uh, first Uranus, mm -hmm. then Neptune, and then Pluto. So a cool like balloon analogy is we can we can blow up the balloon. You know, Jupiter we're we're creating expansion. Jupiter's about expansion. Mm -hmm until Saturn's limit, which is the maximum capacity of air we're gonna put in that balloon. And then when the balloon pops, that's Uranian energy. That's the earthquake, that's the volcano eruption, that's the Eureka aha moments, that is um, the, the chaos and, and liberation at the same time it's release. Mm, okay. So then Neptune is about expansion beyond Saturn's limit. So this deals with the spirituality, this deals with our, our supreme like unconscious our creativity again our creativity uh, or the capacity to love is something that's immeasurable by science you know your dreams are immeasurable by science uh, the ability to forgive is immeasurable by science right so so neptune you know we're thankful for that in old astrology uh neptune was neptune and pisces was the illusion and saturn and capricorn was the reality and then in, in like this new age astrology, it's looked at as Neptune and Pisces is the reality and Saturn and Capricorn is the illusion that that reality exists. Oh, God. Interesting. Yeah. So as many people say like, oh, we're in a, uh, like we're in a simulation or something. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter if we are or aren't. You know, yeah. like nonetheless, if you fall out a window, you're going to hurt yourself. You know, that's, that's very real, whether this is a simulation or not. But uh, it's just kind of fun to think about. <laughs> and then okay. Pluto's about transformation, mm. death and destruction, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm. Okay. All right. So now that we've talked about the planets themselves, how, because I've been studying a little bit, but I really still, I feel like I've barely touched the tip of the iceberg with it. Houses, yeah, like houses and like how the planets interact with the houses. Because my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, is that they, the planets are like the actors and the houses are the scenes that they're set in, in your chart, right? Ish. That's a good way to look at it. That's and what then, the book said. And then there's a mood. <laughs> there's a yeah. mood, which is, well, what, what sign does it fall in? Yeah. So let's say your moon is, is, is right. driven by cancer. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so your moon is your emotional needs, your caring, your nurturing, ties in with your mother, uh, your family, your home. So now if your moon is in Leo, mm-hmm. okay, well this means that you have the need to want to express yourself, as Leo is about creative self-expression. What if your moon's in Aquarius? Sure. <laughs> Sure. (laughs) You know, and that's interesting. So your moon's in Aquarius. Yeah. Okay. That means there's an emotional need to be the director. Mm -hmm. So everything has, is the axis, right? So, so that Leo energy is the star of the show, Mm -hmm. is the drama, you know, Leo's can be drama and look Mm -hmm. at me and I want all the love and attention, which is beautiful. And then there's a freeing (laughs) energy to that. And the Leo's teach us how to love. And then across the way is, is, is the director, you know, so every director needs the star, right? Mm-hmm. So your moon in Aquarius, there's an emotional need to have that big vision of the picture, mm-hmm. okay? So the, the need to look at a canvas and not see it as a blank thing, but to look at that canvas and, and, and envisioning what colors you're going to put on it, envisioning what that is going to turn into, okay. opposed to just looking at it as what is. So now, let's say your emotional moon is in Aquarius and that's in your sixth house. Mm -hmm. Okay, sixth house deals with work and this is what Mm -hmm. you're giving back to people. So this is saying now there's a need for me to be in the social sign of Aquarius, right? This is I need to give back to humanity. I need to figure out my emotional strengths and how I can give this back to people, not only to be this director, but do this as a job, as a service. Mm. So it's like a three-part mm-hmm. thing. So it's like the planet, the sign it falls in, and then the house it falls in, and then what's being aspected to it. Is it is there squares? Is it is it alone? Is it you know? Mm. Is there uh, harmonious or you know? Challenging. Yeah. So yeah. it gets kind of deep. Yeah, I know. It's a totally deep topic. Like, it really there's, is. You can't really scratch the surface on it. It's like... <laughs> a fun thing, like, if you look at... If you watch, like, old Disney movies or just any movie in general, you'll see... I mean, it's it's storytelling. We didn't... You know, our, our ancestors didn't have pen and paper. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have the books. They didn't have television and all of these things. They had the planets. They had the mm-hmm. stars. The stars were fixed. So they created these themes, you know, these allegories and personifications, which is the characteristics behind all of these. And then when we started creating movies, and especially like old Disney movies or just in general, mm-hmm. um, so your hero of the story is the sun. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, you have the nerdy, witty person, which is Mercury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have Mars, which is the, the tough, gruff guy who's on your team, but he goes his own way. You know, so here, so... Mars can go anywhere in the zodiac where Mercury and Venus always, Mercury stays within 30 degrees of the sun on the pendulum and Venus stays within 60 degrees. So you'll never have a a sun opposing Mercury or a sun opposing Mars. You'll never have the sun square to Venus. Or excuse me, I said Mars. Uh, You'll never have the sun opposing Mercury or Venus. You'll never have the sun square to Mercury or Venus because they stay close to the hero of the show. But Mars uh, goes anywhere he wants. You know, so like Mars is the good guy on your team and that gruff kind of attitude, but but he just goes his own way. But then at the end, so we have Jupiter the king who's lost something, right? Mm-hmm. Jupiter the king who's lost his princess, which is Venus, and mm-hmm. needs to hire the hero of the story to go find the thing that he lost, right? Yeah. And then so the hero and his three friends set out on this journey 
<laughs> okay? And then the malefic character is Saturn. Okay. So like the bad, you know, the bad Mm -hmm. King, the bad queen, whatever it is, yeah. these is all personifications and allegories of, of storytelling through the planets. And then at the end, you know, the hero and his team delivers the princess. They de defeat the malefic thing. They deliver the, you know, the princess back to King Jupiter, and then the reward, and you know, roll the credits. It reminds me of Shrek. Like Shrek is what's coming to oh my, my God, brain when you guys talk. Like when you just said it like that. <laughs> it's fun to like to like watch movies now, and you're like, oh yeah. man, who's who? Like who's the archetype of this or that? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. So what's, what are you guys' thoughts? I haven't heard much from you guys. I've been kind of. I have so many like tangent yeah. questions. I'm just kind of <laughs> absorbing everything. Um, a question I offered before we started was, how does free will play into all of this? Like, is your life, you know, already scripted to a T, and yeah, I'm, I'm gonna open that up. That is a thick question, that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't in goodwill have a concrete answer for. Okay. Um, I think there's both. There's a bit of both. There's a bit of, like, things that are destined for us. Um, meeting certain people, certain relationships falling out. You know, when we look at, at, at astrology, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that was clearly you were destined to meet this person at that time mm -hmm. based on where the planets were, based on your charts. Um, you were destined to have that job. And then, you know, there are other times like, okay, clearly this was meant to fall apart. This was meant to not be here in your life right now. It's like you learned this lesson. It's like, I don't know, being afraid of the boogeyman when you were a kid, you know, maybe that fear had helped you. And then once you became older, that having that same fear no longer served its purpose. So then you, you, you kind of rid yourself of it. Um, or that like comfort safety blanket like Linus has, you know. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, but it's like, and that I think with the Saturn, like the Saturn return stuff, Saturn is just like, you know, you can get intuition, you can get these intuitive pulls and nudges to put you <clears throat> on your path, to put you on your direction. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, like there's a slap back. The universe has this like, you know, the, it, it, it's like you get three chances. The first time the universe is going to tickle you with the feather, then they're going to tap you on the shoulder, then they're going to hit you handed with a brick. You know, so when you get hit in the head with a brick, that's when things are like more serious. And you're like, oh, I need to learn this lesson. I got to figure this out because, yeah. And I say we, we all come in here you know, coming back to the beginning of the conversation, we, we have a sole purpose. We have a, an intention of why we came in here, why we chose our family, our, our parents, our family, you know, that, that whole thing. And then, you know, we have these big ideas when we're a child. And, and then when we get older, um, or as we grow into the world, it's just like, well, society has a life of its own, mm -hmm. you know? And then society starts to imprint on us. And then we can kind of get swept in that current of society. And it's like we almost need to be the salmon and swim upstream at times and like pull ourselves out of it's like oh well just because this is what society is doing as a norm or this is how society treats people or how society views this you know whatever it may be doesn't mean that i have to identify with that and i'm feeling this calling that something is different um in my life that that the imprint that i've had of society now i've got to separate from so i don't know if that answered all what you just asked, but. Mm -hmm. I did. I definitely shared some insight. Um, would you say that it's 
I guess the areas in a person's life that are like the, the, um, the areas, the interactions, the relationships, are those personal? So someone's career would be more destined versus like another person's relationship, if that makes sense. I mean, I think it kind of all has some destiny to it, but it's also our interaction is important. You know, we, we can't be sitting down meditating forever and say, my dream job is going to fall on my lap. There has to be some sort of human interaction where, we're, where we are seeking. You know, that's kind of our Mars. You know, we can have the, the intuition come into us. Uh, we can have the feeling of the intuition being Mercury, that insight, thought. Uh, we can have a feeling that this is going to be the job or something. But then it takes our Mars acceleration and our movement and our participation in human experience to come into alignment with our destiny mm. or our fate. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that... Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I have a question in regards to Mars. You said that it can move around the chart. And so to watch where Mars might fall in which house in, in alignment with your sign, would that be like like a helpful way to like take action or to like make significant changes depending on where it falls in your your chart because I guess I wasn't as familiar with Mars being this like planet of action and there are sometimes you know in certain months or times of the year where you're like you're feeling like extremely inspired and motivated and like I need to take action now and it you know it could be like Mars completely like channeling my chart in a particular way and then there are other times where I feel like very indecisive and I'm very unsure. And so I'm very interested in kind of following Mars. And we were talking a lot about karma and destiny and fate. I was thinking a lot about past lives too and how that might come into play and if that is gonna be a confusing element to your chart. Cause I feel like I think about that karmically. I don't remember which planet Karma was? Saturn. It was Saturn. Yeah. Okay. More big questions for you. A lot of questions. <laughs> I'm like, my mind was spinning. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like drifting into the ether. I'm not trying to come back. <laughs> yeah. uh, in respect, I don't think I could touch on the past life thing. Yes, that's okay. Um, uh, but yeah, where, where Mars is definitely has a huge effect on us and what's, what's affecting your Mars or what's making an opposition, a square, uh, or a harmonious, like a trine or sextile or conjunction to your Mars. Um, so oppositions are, you see the obstacle in front of you, you see what has to happen, and now you have to play kind of tug of war with this. And the object is not to pull, you know, there's no winner. You know, it's like it's like the uh, the best compromise is when both parties leave unsatisfied. Mm. Okay, so the tug of war, if there's an opposition, it's about keeping the balance of of that middle knot, if you will, right where it's supposed to be. Doesn't we don't want to pull it to one side too much? And and, and similarly with the square, it's about balance. Um, it's saying these planets need to rely on each other right now, so they're not necessarily bad. Um, they need to rely on each other, just like the four legs of this uh, chair that we're sitting on. If one of these legs was out of balance, one of these legs w went away, I, it wouldn't be reliable for me to sit on anymore. Mm. You know. Um, and then you know, like like uh, middle age, what is it? Midlife crisis. 
you know, that's completely astrologically. Oh. It's it's mm. when Saturn return as well. Saturn returns that happens every like twenty nine to thirty years, so right. it doesn't necessarily fall in midlife crisis. Okay. But it's like thirty eight to forty five. It's when you have Saturn square to Uranus. It's when you have Uranus uh, opposing Uranus. It's when uh, it's just different planetary alignments that are specific because everybody has them. Because I mean, you know, it's like Mercury goes around the sun very quickly. Um, Venus takes a year and a half to go around the sun. Mars takes two years to go around the sun. Jupiter takes 12 years to go around the sun. Um, Saturn takes 29 to 30 years. Uranus takes 84 years. Um, Neptune is 176, and then Pluto is like 233 years. So these are all like, you know, they're very mathemat you know, mathematical, precise clocks. So between 38 and 45, when, when these certain outer planets start to square and oppose each other, that's literally our midlife crisis. Because like, wow, I'm feeling all of this weird stuff. And like, interestingly enough, so like, speaking of Uranus, Uranus is the, again that planet of breakthrough, the Eureka moment, the aha. The last time it was where it's at now in Taurus was 1934, which is the heart of the Great Depression. It was illegal to have money, carry gold. Um, you know, we had rations, the way of living was very different. And, and we have that same thing going on now where it's just like, okay, all of a sudden in 2020, we had this, you know, shortage of money all of a sudden. And, and now we have Uranus and Aquarius also deal with technology. Uh, and we have this like rise of cryptocurrency, digital money, digital currency. And, uh, you know, I have a full feeling that, you know, crypto will take over by the time Mars leaves and enters the sign of uh, Gemini. When's that? <laughs> um, 2026, I do believe. Okay. Is that looking at it at the moment? 2026. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Speaking of Mars and Mercury, or not, excuse me, Mercury going in retrograde, I feel like it's like about communication and things just go a little awry when um, Mercury is in retrograde. And I feel like I have certain people in my life that just kind of like roll their eyes and I'm like oh my god Mercury's in retrograde but like things that happen in your schedule like perhaps you have too many things like planned out and you're like very rigid in your planning and things start to like fall apart and these are perhaps like little nudges to like show you like there's too much going on and you're not being you know fully present or you're not the capacity to be, you know, available in that realm or things just like aren't happening in the way that you want. I feel like, could you maybe touch upon that? Yeah, Well, happily. can we talk about what Mercury retrograde is? And yeah. Then, yeah. Just so, because I want to make sure everybody's following. Yeah, all the planets retrograde, it's not, it's not a woo-woo thing. It's a very real scientific thing that happens. Um, the, the main difference between astronomy and astrology is astronomy is heliocentric, meaning sun-centered. Okay, well, we live on Earth, which is geocentrical. Okay, mm -hmm. so the planets to us are from Earth's perspective, not the sun's perspective. Okay, mm -hmm. so when a planet is retrograde, so Mercury retrogrades three times a year. Uh, Venus retrogrades once every year and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, Mars retrogrades <clears throat> once every two years. And then the outer planets retrograde just about every six months. Okay, now this has to deal with how the sun is moving, or Earth's moving around the sun, and as well as those inner planets and how quickly they're moving. So when Mercury retrogrades, or when any planet retrogrades, the planet is closer to Earth. 
That's all that it means. Retrograde means just the planet's closer to Correct. Earth. Correct. And visibly okay. to the eye, it looks like it's moving backward. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, but when, when, the, when the planet is closer to Earth, imagine if you're listening to AM or FM radio, and all of a sudden you go by the radio tower. Or you go by a C, you know, a, a truck that has a big CB and you're, you know, the signal kind of goes out. So it's like the antenna of that planet, what it's broadcasting mm -hmm. is much, much louder. So it's almost more difficult for us to understand the signal, you know. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really what it is. That's the antenna being so close. The antenna of what that planet is broadcasting is so close to Earth. Um, and really, it's 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 mainly what we feel is is uh, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, and we just had a Mars retrograde. It was six months in Aries. It was last year. That's a very long time for a planet to be in a sign. And then when it finally moved into Taurus, it was like whoa, very different energy at the top of the year in top of uh, January 2020. Yeah. Um, so now, as far as like the planet moving backward, they don't move backward. And that's something people are like, it's literally going back in the sky. No, it doesn't. Um, so a cool way to look at this is if you're driving on the expressway um, and you see a car on your right-hand side and you see a billboard, okay? And this car is in front of the billboard. And as you are coming around a bend, you kind of take the faster approach. Okay. Or it appears to be the fast approach, even if that other car is moving faster than you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you're taking this inside bend here, mm -hmm. you kind of pass up that car, and it looks like the the billboard is in front of the car, mm -hmm. right? And it looks like as if you are in front of that car as well, or let's say a train instead of a car, because we know a train's moving quite fast, okay. you know, faster than an automobile is going to be. So the train is moving here. When you first see it approaching, again, your billboard is in front. Uh, your, your, your train is in front of the billboard and you're behind both. Then as you're taking this inside faster track, okay, it looks as if the billboard is now on the other side mm -hmm. and so is, is the train. Mm -hmm. okay. And then all of a sudden it catches up. So this is like that. It's when it's turning. It's when the planet is turning and making that curve. Mm -hmm. We have this optical illusion that the planet's moving backward because it's, it, it, you know, we're coming into a different degree where the, the star, you know, where the, the stars are really the billboard mm -hmm. and the planet is the train and we are, Earth is, is the, the vehicle on the expressway. Mm -hmm. So as Earth's making its rotation, uh, it appears as if we're moving ahead of Mercury or we're moving ahead of Venus and that the star itself, that fixed billboard thing, starts to move as well. So it's the optical illusion that the planet's moving backwards, but it actually does not. So can you clarify, um, let's say planets in Mercury retrograde, the extent that you will be affected by it has to do with your personal chart, correct? Um, yes, and just in general, like because it deals with communication and technology, like Mercury's this little like uh, antennas, you know, the planet looks like little antennas. Um, so yes, it'll affect your chart and wherever Mercury is in your chart at that time. So if it's in 
if it's in uh, your fifth house, maybe you're having a harder time expressing yourself or you're, you know, if it's in uh, your 10th house, maybe you're, you're rethinking, you know, retrograde, rethink, reevaluate, um, redetermine. So it's like these great times to kind of rest and kind of figure stuff out in your life without proceeding, you know, putting the carriage before the horse, if you will. So if it's in your 10th house, it's like, okay, well, maybe I need to rethink about my career or my approach to my public image. Uh, if it's again, if it's in your fifth house, this is okay. How am I expressing myself? If this is in my third house about communication, it's like, okay, am I, am I communicating properly? Am I dotting the T's and crossing the I's? Dotting the I's and crossing the T's. <laughs> uh, I was just watching Wayne's World, the, Wayne's World 2 the other day. He was just like, yeah, we're going to cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. I don't know if anybody remembers it. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, oh, God. So yeah, when yeah. when it, when the planets uh, um, retrograde, it you know, it, and it's it's another terrible thing where people are like, don't sign contracts, don't go on mm. vacation, don't start a relationship, and and these are all like simplified yeah. astrology, in my opinion. The watered down, very watered down, and, and very like misconstrued because it's like, look, Mercury retrogrades three times a year. Yeah for <laughs> three weeks, and it's in its shadow for another like two to three weeks. Um, so it's like to, to stop life for a third of the year right. is, is pretty ridiculous. But what it's saying <laughs> is, is like, pay attention. This is my time to prepare. Yeah. You know, it's a time to make sure if I'm signing a contract, which we can't get over. Like, I think I bought my house inside of sign contracts during mm -hmm. a Mercury retrograde. And it's like, yeah. just means read everything over finally so that you're not skipping a step. Yeah. And same with Venus, mm -hmm. when Venus retrogrades, we see a lot of, honestly, there's two things. Either you see in like the world through rose colored glasses, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, the love, or you're reevaluating your relationship. Hmm. And oh my goodness, the, the amount of people that, that break up during, uh, during a Venus retrograde is yeah. perplexing. It's, it's <laughs> huge amounts, huge Interesting. amounts. Interesting. Well, all right, I want to go back to, as you said, something about the shadow. Like, what does it mean for a planet to be in the shadow? So the shadow is, is um, when it retrogrades, so let's, let's just use a ruler, we'll say six inches. Um, and between two to four inches, this is where the, the planet will retrograde. So okay. again, that's like where we're seeing it, perceivably seeing it move backward from fixed star four inches to fixed star two inches. We're seeing the planet go backward, although it's, we know it's not. Mm -hmm. So that means when the planet is moving forward before it's retrograde and it hits inch number two, it's mm -hmm. in the shadow, okay. right? So then it now the planet goes back again and it retraces those steps as it retrogrades. And then the third and final time it will move forward. And then it'll clear its shadow when it moves out of inch four into inch five, six, and so on. Okay. So how does that impact a retrograde? Like, is that a more intense time of retrograde or like in well, a watered the, down no, the, way yeah, to put it? I mean, it's the retrograde takes up all of two to four inches. Mm -hmm. The shadow is all of two to four inches as well. Okay. So we have this forward momentum saying, you know, so pre-retrograde, we have this forward momentum over the space. Mm-hmm. And then we retrograde saying, okay, I need to reevaluate this. I need to rethink about this. I need to rethink on how I'm doing this or, you know, like this gear here that we're recording with, you know, Mercury rules technology as well uh, mm -hmm. as Uranus and Aquarius. But 
you know, uh, I need to make sure that this gear is reliable or my computer, people's computers break down, people's cars break down during a Mercury retrograde. Yeah. So this is a time like during that shadow period saying, okay, I'm aware of this is coming up right now. Maybe it's time for me to go check my car. Maybe it's time for me to clean out my computer so that when this antenna comes so close, it's like bringing a magnet to a hard drive and it fries it out, mm. you know, or a magnet next to a TV and it scrambles your signal. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, maybe it's time for me during this shadow period to check that out. So I have a question actually, like, what do you think about, um, so I think we, you asked about something similar, like fate, destiny, and whether or not, like, I guess what, whether this stuff, um, you know, if you're thinking so hard about it, you know, we create our reality, mm -hmm. I think. So that being said, if we're so focused on this, on the planetary things that are happening, like, do we almost like invite some of this stuff to happen? Like, do we create that? If we're not paying as much attention to the planets, like, is this stuff actually as impactful to us? You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I, and, and I guess that's like, um, there's mm -hmm. yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, in a certain sense, it's like, hey, it's going to rain today. Mm -hmm. are, are, now, are you going to bring an umbrella? Are you going to dress for rain? Or are you going to be like, nah, I create my own destiny. <laughs> I don't care what you say, weatherman. Yeah. I'm going to wear shorts and a mm -hmm. tank. And then you go outside and it's actually snowing like the weather person said. And you're like, okay. You know, yeah. so yes, you create your own destiny. Um, mm -hmm. But there's undeniable truth to all of this again okay. it's like you can bring your your beach blanket all the way down mm -hmm. and you say i don't believe like you you can say i don't believe in mercury retrograde it doesn't matter if you believe it or not it, it sure. happens i don't believe in the moon it's just like well, well when that sucker comes up your beach <laughs> blanket's about to get soaked whether you believe in it or not yeah i got you you know so now you have free will to pay attention to the signs mm -hmm. and move your blanket back <laughs> or get wet right you know um and and it and it's like there's something there's some grand design you know and it's just like almost like we can look back when we were children that that there's something that we were taught when we were younger in school where we were taught a, a skill that we had had that we might have, have been dormant for years in our lives mm -hmm. and then somehow later in our lives you know all of a sudden that skill that you learned back then, which served no purpose for 10, 15, 20 years, all of a sudden becomes like, holy smokes, I use this now every day. Mm. Um, I, I know that's very truthful for many, many, many people, including myself. And I was just like, at what point am I ever gonna use this knowledge that I, that I you know, that, and then I was just like, wow, this was a preparation. You know, like the mm. universe was prepping me in this spot so that I, could excel or do something here now and this time with it. Yeah. I mean, the, the fate, free will versus destiny is, is again, it's, mm -hmm. it's not something I, I can answer wholeheartedly and, and, and yeah. feel confident about because, you know. I don't think any of us really know the answer right. to that question. And anyone that proclaims to, I don't know if I trust. <laughs> it's so. Respectfully true. But yeah. yeah, so I guess how, as far as a chart, like what could, you use a chart to really like distinguish your life's purpose, your work, your relationships with other people. It's very illuminating. 
Yeah. If you get a good chart reading done, mm -hmm. um, you, you can find out a lot of things about yourself. You can see where energy might be stuck with the, or, or a balance thing. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'll see people's charts and they'll have like, they're born just before a new moon. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can be like an indication like, oh, you're about to grab, you know, it's like the donkey and the carrot in front of its mm. face you know and it's just like the donkey's always moving forward thinking it's grabbed the carrot but they never do mm. and then and, and when talking with like when an individual like that it's like oh you oh you have this feeling that you're always about to get to that next step but you never quite do that you never grab that carrot and they're like oh my god yes all the time it's just like you'll never get the carrot oh, you're never depressing. gonna get that carrot so, so knowing that? that though but now knowing that mm. there's a sense of freedom there's an unlocking uh, yeah. Personally, in, 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 in my chart, I have uh, a hard aspect between my moon and Neptune, which is like, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to, you know, be, it's like a mental thing. It's like never good enough, smart enough, attractive enough, or you're ne never, never, you know, and it's a very like kind of beating up thing. And it's just like, okay, so now knowing this, mm -hmm. it encourages and pushes me, you know, to, to, uh, to show up. Okay. and to be so sometimes when we know certain aspects of our chart you know it's like okay well this explains part of my personality that mm -hmm. and, and it can show us the shadow as well it's like okay well this is showing us something that's very real or, or exists and something we maybe we want to deny in our lives mm -hmm. um, and then once we kind of know this or just the same is like once you know hey the moon's about to come up you might want to move that beach towel back Mm -hmm. You know, then now we can take the appropriate action. Okay. Hmm. There is one other thing I wanted to ask you. Well, all right, so what about in relation to other people? Mm -hmm. Our relationships in our life? Because I know it impacts that, obviously. And our, our birth charts in relationship explain maybe, like, the dynamics between people or whatnot. So... What's your thoughts on that? Can I add a layer to that? Yeah. I've noticed, um, so I'm an Aquarius sun, and a lot of my friends are Aquarius moons. Like, immediate <laughs> connection, knowing, like, can you elaborate on that and, and tie that in? Yeah, we attract um, harmonious balances into our lives mm -hmm. uh, through other people. Um, and it, it, is, it is balance. It is all that balance. So... Um, you know, you resonate with, with those individuals. Um, I mean, that's a really simple way to kind of answer it, but it's, it's the truth. We, 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 we manifest each other. We manifest our greatest strengths and weaknesses, and, and those other individuals show us where we need to show up more, and mm -hmm. as well as where, you know, where we need to flow or where we need to round out our hard edges. <laughs> you know, so it's just like we, we always are manifesting a perfect reflection of ourselves to show us and to teach us in a way. Um, yeah. So what about when we manifest people that are completely opposite, like that really just are tough mm. dynamics between us? Like, what's your <laughs> take on that? <laughs> then it's part of our shadow. Mm -hmm. okay. It's part of our shadow or they're showing up. Um, to teach us a lesson, you know, sometimes they show up, we teach them something without, and when I say teacher, like not meaning teacher, like welcome to my class. Mm -hmm. um, but we're all learning from one another. We're all teaching each other and, and absorbing through one another in one yeah. way or another. 
Um, and sometimes, as you know, with relationships, uh, romantic or just personal, mm -hmm. someone can show up in our lives and when we have that energy where it's just like, it seems at first like this is a very harmonious thing and then it turns out <laughs> to be something that's just like, oh my God, we have to cut off communication. And it happens with everybody, again, mm -hmm. romantic or, or otherwise. Yeah. Um, they're teaching us something about ourselves. And then we're also teaching them. Uh, and as well, we, we learn about our personal boundaries that way. Mm -hmm. We learn about our shadow and say, like, I can say, like, a boss that I had when I was younger, uh, it was like a dream job. I had a dream job. And the boss was just the worst, the worst. Mm -hmm. And it is moving into a position of where I became, you know, uh, the boss at, at certain jobs. I learned I don't want to treat employees like this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to treat people this way. Or, if you know, I had a, a, a you know, girlfriend that was, you know, did a certain thing or like mm -hmm. was unreceptive in certain ways. And it, how, how did that make me feel? And it's just like, okay, well, that means in turn, I want to make sure to be receptive and, and, and to acknowledge and, and be able to give back when somebody does that same thing for me um, out of these like lessons and learnings. And that's part of like the expansion of, of Jupiter and Neptune. Hmm. I'm feeling just from what you're saying, it would make a lot of sense on job applications, <laughs> interviews, and talking to people. Like, what's your birth chart look like? <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that because it mm. seems like it definitely plays a big role. And if you understand the dynamics of people in that way, maybe we can understand how to like work together more harmoniously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And <laughs> who was it, Warren, was it Warren Buffett or JP Morgan? <laughs> you know, even in, in like money, it's just like millionaires don't need astrologers, billionaires do. You know, oh, it's shit. like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, there's something there. And I actually did an interview when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, and the guy's just like, "What? Where's your birthday?" He's like, "Okay, you're, you're this and this. What year? Okay, you're this." So I was just like, I didn't. I was I was a kid at the time. You know, maybe 16 years old, so I didn't really understand. But back when you didn't really believe in astrology, probably. No, not at all. Not until I was um, not until I was uh, in my 20s. What was the significant like shift for you? Like what made you become a believer in astrology? When I learned for about astrotheology. Astrotheology. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when when that that uh, can of worms got opened up, I knew I, I knew I needed to dig in more. And it was like immediately like the kid who's told, like, hey, Santa's not real. Sorry, parents, uh, if you're listening with your child. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like there was no need to second guess that. Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as my sister told me in her sassy little voice, Santa's not real. I was just like, <gasps> you know, it's like I knew it was immediate truth. And um, mm -hmm. so when I when I learned about some aspects of astrotheology, I was just like, oh, my. <laughs> and I felt lied to my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, but not then I was just like, so at first it was like anger. And then there was just like, OK, they didn't know. Yeah. Nobody knew this information to share it with me. Mm -hmm. So then that's what. I, I, I dove into. I have a question about like cycles and um, it's kind of like up in the air. So I'm trying to like articulate and, and pull it down. But um, I'm thinking about, okay, so like uh, millennials are Pluto and Scorpio, right? And we're like um, death and transformation and um, drawn to like Nirvana and, and things like that. Um, knowing that, can you look like 10, 20, 100 years in and have an idea of like what society is going to look like and civilization. And can you predict like, 
to what extent can you predict really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in certain ways, yeah. And that's what kind of old astrology was for is predictions, making predictions. You know, they would use it to like figure out uh, fighting wars and, and all kinds of things and droughts. And of course it's a calendar, it, it's, it's the calendar. Uh, so we know when to plant seeds, when to harvest those seeds. Um, same with like fasting, you know, like, hey, we know this is the end of winter right now. So like we should fast, you know, there's all, you know, a lot of the like the religious ideologies are rooted deeply in, into astrology. Easter is the equinox, you know, when the, the sun passes the equator. Um, so it, generationally, generationally, yeah, like, um, so just before the, the Pluto in, in Scorpio, which definitely deals with like herbal medicines and, and uh, the, the witches of the world in a very positive way. And, you know, there's no negative connotation of that. Um, uh, before it was Libra, you know, Pluto and Libra generation. I'm, I'm the very, very end of that. So like the Zillennials and the end of Gen Xers were uh, um, Pluto and Libra, which is about bringing balance back. You know, so we, you know, it's like we're where we have a huge role to play as far as changing the patriarchy to a matriarchy, you know, and like understanding that the balance, um, which is extremely important to like Pluto Libra generations. And then the, the Pluto Scorpio generations is very important that we come back to herbal remedies, that we come back to naturopathic medicine, homeopathic medicine, that we use our psychic abilities, that we use, um, uh, all so of these, yeah, these gifts. <laughs> and then we have, we the, yeah, yep. yeah. And wow, then, then yeah. there's the Sagittarius Pluto generation, which is over now. Um, and, and so those children, when growing up, they're going to be the ones that are rewriting the books on philosophy, rewriting the books on education, rewriting the books on religion, um, teaching us how to teach properly. Mm -hmm. And then we have the uh, Pluto Scorpio generation or Pluto in uh, Capricorn generation right now. So it's 2008 to 2023, 24, mm -hmm. Pluto's in Scorpio. Yeah, so that's okay. where a Pluto and Capricorn, excuse me, where it is now. And again, Pluto is about transformation as well. So not only in Capricorn does it deal with government, but the Capricorn Cancer axis is also about uh, the sexual polarity, which so 2008 is it's interesting. Like the the rise and and um, um, of like LBGTQ like becoming more prominent and 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 very very visible, mm -hmm. you know, or like even like transformational, like sex changes and things like this, mm -hmm. you know, we can see that as Pluto was moving through Capricorn, we know that that's going to happen. And mm -hmm. so when Pluto enters Aquarius as well, we're dealing with a, a Pluto return here in the United States, which means our entire government, our entire system is up for change and how we govern ourselves and how we view leadership. Um, and, and where we're turning into our values our morals as a yeah. whole. I definitely mm -hmm. feel that in a yeah. big way. Mm. And then, yeah, then the ages are every 2,150 years approximately. So it's like we're ending the age of Pisces, opening the age of Aquarius. And then after that, it's going to be the age of Capricorn, you know, so it's like the world itself will be kind of a machine. So now we're in this, this place of knowing and discovering and, and um, breaking the system down to rebuild it so that we can create a whole new system. So that in 2,150 years, approximately from now, when, when the a procession of the equinox enters into Capricorn. It's like this worldly government, worldly uh, sustainable thing. And, and so we're in this a birthing age right now uh, of this new age where we're, we have to kind of destroy the old age or the old age will fall apart. 
And we can see that hugely through spirituality. We can see that hugely with just how we're, you know, the societies that we're creating, the, the communes, the tiny houses, or like people <laughs> wanting to like make, you know, these little... Sustainable, more yeah. productive, eco-friendly things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're totally right. It's the reflection, you know? <laughs> yeah, mm. it's beautiful. I mean, that's what feels aligned too. I've been, I've been deeply feeling calls more towards like um, the old ways, like integrating the old ways of doing things in a sustainable reciprocal way with the earth and really moving with the cycles of the planet, reflecting with nature, like how we should build systems. Like that's in such a like fascination. I've been down so many rabbit holes with that. So. Hmm. Hmm. Returning back to the plant medicine, the herbs and the land and how to grow mm -hmm. your own food and mm -hmm. be more independent from yeah. all the powers to be. Right. Yeah. Change. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great change necessary. Yeah. But. It feels like we're kind of just at the beginning of it. And I think like Absolutely. there's a lot of resistance still coming from maybe like the older generations. It's true. In a way, maybe it's fear. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure where or why, but. Sure. So every every generation that's created something new was a rebel against the old. Mm -hmm. So when that new thing is created and they figure out this new way of doing it, and this is part of Uranus and Taurus, which again is like that breakthrough, the shake, the volcano eruption. Mm -hmm. um, and then Taurus is breaking the traditional. Um, the values that once were are held down. You know, this is like, this is that solid ground. And as well, so uh, Earth sign Taurus, Earth sign Capricorn, where Pluto's at. So we have two planets right now about, you know, Pluto's death, destruction, and rebirth of something in the sign of government. You know, not just how we govern ourselves as individuals in daily life, but the governments at large. Mm -hmm. And a ton, a ton. We had Jupiter in, uh, Jupiter in Capricorn, Saturn in Capricorn, Pluto in Capricorn. There was just a ton. And, and now Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius, mm -hmm. which is ruled by Uranus. So now it's just like this, this, all of this energy of change and create new and kind of destroying this old system into open up um, into this new system. So we have, it's just like, well, we've worked very hard creating the system the way it is right now. And then yeah. you rebels want to come in here and switch it up on us. But it's just like, but that's the same thing you did yeah. in your time because you were rebellious. Well, history repeats itself, right? <clears throat> right. Continuously. Or a spiral. I like to look at it as a spiral. Mm. Earl Burris is like the loop. You know, that means yeah, we're no. stuck. You're right. But it's like we're spiraling out where it's just this constant expansive evolution of something. Yes, you're right. You're definitely right about that. Oh, I was going to say one other thing. I forget what it was. I got distracted. Just by one? It. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we could talk forever mm. on this. I know. It's definitely interesting. So I guess like, but I've been feeling this on, I know you're saying that the age of Aquarius is kind of um, sparking this change on, on a collective level with governments and everything. But I'm definitely feeling it on a personal level too, right? Like, I don't know if you guys are feeling this at all, but I feel right now I'm in a space in my life where I'm really breaking down all the constructs that I've ever known and kind of just like seeing what's there without any of it and then re rebuilding the things that actually feel aligned with my truth and that make sense for me. I don't know if you guys are experiencing that at all, but... Yeah. Um, when we talked yesterday, you looked at my chart and you said you're starting a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious if that's, like, generational or if that was me personally or, like, um, if you can tie 
what Marina said together yeah. with that. That was for you personally, because okay. of, of where your planets lined up and where the house system lined up. Okay. Um, so some are ending, some are beginning, and that, that has to deal with where Saturn's at transiting your personal chart, which is why we brought that up. But okay. um, yeah, we are all, again, we're in that birthing process of, of creating this new age together. Um, and, and the age of Aquarius, you know, without getting too deep in the astrotheology stuff, it's, it's Aquarius again deals with technology and, and a digital revolution. Okay, so when we were younger, we had records, we had tapes, we had VCRs, CDs. we had, well, not yet, not yet. Not yet. We, had, we had checkbooks, mm -hmm. okay? We had analog televisions with, with uh, little, you know, rabbit ears, mm -hmm. okay? So now digital has taken over. So now yeah. we're going from the, the tape cassette to the CD. Mm -hmm. We've gone from uh, the analog television to a digital widescreen TV. Mm -hmm. We've gone from analog banking to digital banking. You can take a picture on your phone, which has more power than any computer in the 80s or 90s, mm -hmm. um, take a picture of your check and it goes directly into your bank. You never see or touch the physical analog money. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this recorder is, is digital recording, digital audio. Uh, again, our phones, the way that we're communicating is not analog telephones, it's digital. Yeah. So everything is this digital age. And that's primarily a, a huge aspect of the age of Aquarius. As well, it's about knowing. Um, mm -hmm. Where once, like, to, ha to, to know what was happening on the other side of the world, or where the sun went. You know, the sun died every day and is reborn again. It's yeah. like our ancestors had no clue what was happening, you know, mm -hmm. or that Australia existed, <laughs> right? Well, now we know that Australia exists. Now I can yeah. get on the phone and call Alice and, Alice, how are you, mate? You know, and, and like, <laughs> what's going on down under, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, we, and we know. Or like yeah. what's happening, you know, what's happening in Sweden. They yeah. didn't mask up. They didn't have this yeah. follow the same policies that we did here in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, we can believe the news. Mm -hmm. So the Neptune in, in home in, in Pisces is also like the illusion of the news and what's being fed to us, which is really interesting. You know, because it's like, do you believe everything that you see on TV to be real? You know, and I'm, I'm seeing this and, and, and now it's the news. Oh, well, now new restrictions are happening in, in Sweden. And a friend tells me that this... I get on my phone. Hey, Lynn, what's mm -hmm. going on? Nope. She no. sends she sends me literally videos of like, yeah. nope, people are not masked up. People, are, the numbers are not what they say they are. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what are we believing, and what's pushing the agenda? Yeah. Yeah. And then further, like, so something we didn't talk about. It's not a planet, um, but it's physical points in the sky. It's called the North and South Node. Mm. Okay. So when when we can predict every eclipse from here to years and years, years in the future. We know exactly when you can put on your little glasses to, <laughs> to look at the sun so you don't fry your retinas. Which, oh my God, <laughs> if you've ever seen an eclipse in person, like, it is the most magical, crazy thing I've ever witnessed. Mm -hmm. I was so blessed cool. enough to be in Oregon for it in oh. 2017. It was, it was insane. I was in somewhere on the East Coast. I can't remember where I was, but oh, near Nashville. Oh, I, I heard was like in the line of totality. It was. Um, I think that was like the longest point of totality too, where you might probably have been. were. It was, mm -hmm. it was really special. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. yeah sorry. So no, no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's amazing, yeah. and that's part of the beauty. It's just like mm -hmm. there, there's a physical phenomenon of beauty, and there's mm -hmm. like there's a feeling that goes along with it as well. You know, mm -hmm. just beyond. Mm -hmm. 
you know, whatever, everything else. So, so the nodes are what determine eclipse season. So there's a north and south node. They're always opposite of one another, and they're always retrograde. They're always moving backward to every other planet, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we look at the north node as the head of the dragon. This is where humanity is headed as a whole. So this isn't necessarily just personal to your chart. Where the north node is in your personal chart, in your cosmic fingerprint, does determine a lot. But where the node is at the time, the north node is where we're headed globally, where we're headed is humanitarily. And the south node is what we're freeing up. This is our karmic past that we're putting down those weights. So right now, the north node is in Gemini. The Gemini is about looking at both sides of the coin, looking at the mm. truth and the lie to determine which one actually resonates with you. Mm. What is your independent truth? What is your personal truth? So the south node being in the sign of Sagittarius, mm -hmm. which is ruled by Jupiter, which is um, religion, ideologies, philosophies, um, education. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so this is saying like, look, what was isn't necessarily what is now. And we have to reevaluate how we're being taught, what we're teaching. Um, these aspects of religion, are these truthful? Do they still play a point in where we are now? Entering this age of Aquarius, again, without getting too much in the astrotheology, look that up if you're interested. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, no, these, these beliefs no longer fit into where we are now, with, and appropriately so. Uh, you know, it's like, some of the, like, the most fundamental things of being a human being is clean water, yeah. growing your own food, creating shelter for yourself, Basic and I guess clothes. Right. Mm -hmm. And none of that is taught in school. I know. It's insane. None of it. So it's like, okay, and we're paying for this? And I, I don't yeah. even have kids, and I'm paying for this. I'm paying for <laughs> yeah. your kids to learn what? You know, <laughs> right. it's just like, can you identify, you know, if you look at Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Google, you can, a, a kid can identify those symbols, but can you identify poison ivy, poison oak, or a berry that can cure you or a berry that can kill you? No. <laughs> so why aren't we being taught this, right? So, so now it's just like, we need to let go of what was that past and rediscover a new kind of truth. Mm. So this is where we're all headed, North Node in Gemini right now, so it's at 14 degrees. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very, so coming back to you, yeah, we're all in this place of rediscovery mm -hmm. and, uh, and questioning Questioning our truth. Questioning everything. Question everything. Mm. What you thought was true is not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, is there anything else that's like burning on anyone's heart or mind that needs to come forward? <laughs> My mind's just like, pew. yeah. <laughs> it's so expanded. So many tangents. I know, astrology mm -hmm. was so deep. Mm -hmm. We just hit the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg. And my mind is spinning. That was awesome, though. Ooh. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you for sharing, sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's beautiful. And as always, thank you guys for participating with me. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor. If you guys want to follow Aaron and learn more about astrology, he has daily and weekly horoscopes available on YouTube, um, Honest Astrology. So go follow him for some more, more juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking needle when the hay sack. Walk through my trenches and my jets. I'm talking way back. Uh. 
Dope fiends inside of the building lobbies. Straight up. Slinging stones with a typical hobby. Come here, man. For most niggas in my projects, you couldn't lounge around if you ain't for my projects. Booster, with them youngest turning the shooters, Ray Vans swooping through, gotta know the maneuver.